You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty. No yelling on the bus. There was yelling. There was screaming. There was partying. All kind of stuff on that bus leaving the Meadowlands today. After the Jets surprised the Buffalo Bills by the score of 2017. It's the drive on 98.7 ESPN here till 9 o'clock. Then it's Ty Butler on 98.7. Yeah, we'll take your phone calls at 1-800-919-3776. We'll be joined a little later in the show by Rich Samini. We'll also be joined by the former Giant defensive lineman, Jay Bromley. Both of them will break down what happened today. And, of course, we'll keep you updated on what's going on around the National Football League. A couple of... Uh, Four o'clock games we got our eyes on right now where Seattle is holding on against Arizona 17-14 as they close out the third period. But obviously, it's about the Jets. And yeah, we can talk about Zach Wilson. Yeah, we can talk about a bunch of things. But I'm going to start, and I know Greg Buttle is very happy to hear this. I'm going to start with the Jet defense because for me, that was the story of the game. Anybody who knows anything or who watches the National Football League has watched Josh Allen just rip up offensively up and down the field during their 6-1 and one start going into this game today. They've watched Stephon Diggs just make unbelievable catches. They've watched Josh Allen run and run and run. And by the way, he ran today too, almost 100 yards. But they've watched them just score from anywhere on the football field. And that is not what happened with the Jet defense today. They pressured him, five sacks for Josh Allen. They did a great job. They held Stephon Diggs to, get this, no touchdowns. This was an outstanding performance by the Jet defense. Was it perfect? No. (laughs) Nobody plays perfect football in the National Football League anyway. But they they were there. They pressured. They had a couple of turnovers, a couple of interceptions, almost had a third. And you and come on, come on, Jeff fans. You, we can be honest. Come, come closer to your smart devices. Come closer to your to to. Let's be honest. When you saw Braden Man fall down, kicking off when his foot hit the tee, you felt this is going to be one of those games. You were humming same old Jets. I heard you. I heard you singing same old Jets. Don't, don't deny it. I heard you. But this is a different team, ladies and gentlemen. This is a different team. And they're doing what they set out to do when you talked about what the identity of this football team was going to be. They set the tone defensively, and in the fourth quarter, they ran the football. And listen, with all due respect to Zach Wilson, I get that I didn't play, so I don't know. And if I was, if I played, I would be a coach. I get it. I just watch the games and I just offer my humble opinion because that's what I'm paid to do. But nevertheless, anybody could see that they needed to run the football more than 15 times in a game. And the fact that they were able to march the football down the field in the fourth quarter to eat up the clock and put themselves in a position to win the game with either a three or a seven, that's when you run the football. 
That's when you're balanced. That's when you go down and do and handle your business and eat the clock up. And Buffalo knew you were running the football and hats off to that offensive line because they couldn't do a darn thing about it. Buffalo defense couldn't stop you. You just marched and marched and marched and just ate up the clock and ate up the clock and ate up the clock. And you turned it over to your defense to finish the game off. And the pressure was outstanding. Now let's take a minute to talk about Zach Wilson. Because after last week's game, this is what you wanted to see, how he would bounce back. Had he matured enough? Had he bought into the program enough? Had he been coached up? Had he watched video? Was he prepared? And there'll be some who will still say, well, you know, you need to have your quarterback finish the game. You need to, Your quarterback's got to do more than throw over a hundred plus yards. He's got to throw for a bunch of yards to finish the game. My quarterback on whatever team, if I were coaching, my quarterback has to keep the chains moving, not turn it over and put me in a position to score and keep my defense off the field. That's what my, that's what I want. would want my quarterback to do if I were a coach. And that's what Zach Wilson did today. Didn't turn the football over. Took a sack, had a fumble, but no pick. Had a fumble that could that may have cost him three. Okay, we'll put that aside. But for the most part, he was tremendous. This is what you want. If your quarterback does not turn the football over and you don't kill yourself with penalties, you are in every game in the National Football League, especially this year. This is a weird year. This is a weird year. So if you can continue to just hold on and do these little things, you will find yourself with six wins. And that's where the Jets are. And come on. I'm, and I'm going to be the first one. I'm raising not one hand, but both hands. As Julian and Jacob Perry can say. I'm raising both my hands. Pusick and Dean Hand are shaking their heads. I killed Josh... Uh, uh, Zach Wilson last week killed him. Killed him because of the attitude. Killed him about what he said. Well, that's boring. Killed just, just that's not what you want. Now the question becomes: Can you build on this week? Because this is the blueprint for you to have success. Throws when you need to. Run the run the football. Tough defense. I mean, it's a no-brainer. That's how you win games. And how about Denzel Mims, huh? One key play. Had a penalty, had a, had a tough play where the ball was too high. Had a, you know, but late in the game when you needed a first down, he got it for you. So everybody's contributing. And this is a very, very nice win. I'll say for me, unexpected. For them to come out and do what they did against a very talented Buffalo Bills team. I mean, this team is very talented. And this is the way you go into the bye week. And now in the bye week, you just hope that your young players don't get too confident. You self-scout yourself and get ready, as Budlin Grasser said, for a very tough remainder of the season following this bye week. You got Miami again. 
You got New England again. You'll have Buffalo again. You got a very talented Detroit team. And you've got a Chicago team that, you know, Justin Fields is growing up. It's not going to be easy, but Jet fans, you have a rare opportunity over the past couple of years to not talk about who's coming up in the draft, who we should take number one, because you've got meaningful football games. Can't wait to hear from you. 1-800-919-3776. Also hit me up on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. We'll come back. We'll get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Joe, Julie, and Jacob, a bunch of folks hanging around the studio. Funny, funny when the Jets win, everybody's hanging around. Jets win the game today, everybody's hanging around. I think this, there might be, and with all due respect to Joe, because Joe is a Jets fan. Jacob Perry is a Jets fan. But I think there might be, is there, is there a, is there a, bus joe that people can jump on is there, is there a bandwagon now that you can that people can jump on to, to, i think to uh, the bandwagon is kind of uh already left the station with the receipts comment but that's just me okay so people can't get back on I that's think it it's too late honestly. too late huh it's a little too late wow, it's a little too late. wow. Mm-mm-mm. so as don king used to say you're standing on the standing on the shore waving bye-bye as the ship is headed off to sea that's tough. one 800 919 Let's take up a couple of phone calls. Ira's in Staten Island. Ira, you're batting first on the drive. Hey, good evening, Larry. And just, just an amazing, amazing uh, win today. To me, it goes down as one of the top five or ten, um, I guess, franchise-meaning type of wins in, in the franchise history. I mean, that's how monumental this win was today. I don't know how the season's going to get on. Uh, end up, but to beat probably the best team at home, uh, it was just amazing. And you know, we, we spoke so many times, and it's amazing. I think the with thirty-five rushes and twenty-four, twenty-five pass attempts, you know, that's the number. You know, you got to play Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez ball. Mm-hmm. You know, as Zach Wilson is learning, and I've been very critical of him. You know, when he, he's pressured, you know, he's been careless with the ball like last week. But today, he played within the system. He did what they asked him to do. He had a couple of big passes, like the tight end, and when he hit Mims, which was a monumental play that I thought. But to your point, the defense today, this is one of the best defensive performances I've seen against a high-powered offense in many, many years. It was, Ira, and you could pick any, but I'll tell you this. And we've talked about it, and we've talked about it, and we've kind of waited, and we've seen some things. But Quentin Williams is the real deal, Ira. And you saw how he has just dominated that front. And the fact that they are now able to rotate uh, guys on the D-line to keep them fresh. And they're all in that idea about rushing the passer. And I got to say this while I have you on the line, and because I, I have to. Uh, I was very critical of Ulbrich last year because I thought he, he did not do a decent job. I got to give him credit, Ira. He has changed... I don't know what it is, whether it's coaching, whether it's different schemes, maybe obviously better players help, but he's just he's he's calling a different game, and it just seems to be that he's making the right calls, putting his guys in better position to make plays. Agree, and I think a lot of it has to do with talent. Um, but you do have to give him credit. I give him credit. I wonder if Salah has some type of imprint, uh, you know, 
he's involved with that. He probably is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, offensively, I mean, I, I can't believe that they took all that time off the clock and drove down and, and, and took the uh, go-ahead field goal. And, Larry, when was the last time we could say a Jet team was able to close out a game defensively? Mm-hmm. You know, the Bills get the ball, and, you know, except for that holding penalty, I was a full, fully expecting an overtime game, if not maybe losing, you know, at the end. Yeah. But it's amazing how they shut them down. Gardner came up with a huge play on Gabriel Davis. Uh, I think it was Allen's last pass. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know what? It, 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 it stinks that they lost Tucker, and it stinks that they lost Brees Hall. Yeah. But you know, James Robinson, he's filling in very nicely right now. And if they could keep this going, and listen, there's going to be some bumps in the road. Oh, absolutely. But if they follow this blueprint, they're going to be playing some meaningful football. And guess what? Probably playing some January football. It would be nice to see. It hasn't happened in a while, Ira. Thanks for the phone call. Getting us started on the drive. And, and listen, that, that's some of the things that you, you, you take into consideration is what they've been able to do. Okay, especially from the defensive on the defensive side of the football, because this is a the scheme that they put in was excellent. It just was. Yeah, I know Josh Allen got a way to run. He does that, but I'd rather have him running than throwing the ball up and down the field 70, 80 yards to Stephon Diggs. If you're a Jet fan, you you sign up for him running like that other than passing and killing you in the end zone. There's no question you'd settle for that. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, Hawk, it's always good to talk to my brother. Love you so much, but it's even more fun talking to you after a Jets win, baby. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, listen, there's four aspects of this game that tickled me pink, you know, personally. First aspect, easily, is the playoffs. The Jets are a playoff team. You know, they're not. the defense is not going to just fall off a cliff. That's number one. And uh, besides that, you know, we, like you said, you look at this league and the way it was supposed to be this year, it ain't nothing like that. So, I mean, come on. If you're a Jets fan, there's no way you can't be happy, you know, with an opportunity. With another opportunity, just a good opportunity to go to the playoffs. You know, second thing, is the quarterback, and, you know, you say you've been critical of the quarterback. Ain't nobody been more critical of the quarterback than me. And I'm going to tell you, honestly, I'm still not sold, you know, but i tell you this much. If the door was closed on him for me, it just got cracked a little bit ajar, you know, with the fact of, like you said, that not that the coaches gave him a game plan to not lose the game, that he followed it, and he didn't show, try to be stubborn. Stop trying to be a hot shot. That right there goes a long way to his development and his improvement. Third point is, obviously, is the defense. You know, um, and I'm going to say this. I, I, you know, I jumped in the car because I was working the day after. I watched the game, but then I had to jump out and do a couple of jobs. But, you know, I jump in the car and I'm listening to the post-game show. And I, and I heard Greg talking about how Rebus was a different bird. And he's absolutely right about that. But guess what? There are a lot of different birds in the type of the world. And my man Sauce Gardner's a different bird, too. He's not in the Revis, uh, I'm following the same player around, you know, over the field. But what he is in the mold of is the Richard Sherman, that I'm on this side of the field. It ain't nothing happening over here. That's the best draft pick the, draft the Jets have had since Darrell Revis. And guess what? Two people can be great and do it in different styles. 
So Sauce Gardner, let me tell you something. You know what type of sauce that boy is? We call that A1 in the hood. But uh, <laughs> last thing I'll say is this. You know, last, you know, you're, oh, you know I love you, man. You know, I love you so much, man. I could go on for days and days. I'm about to love you. I love talking to you. I love talking sports with you because you're so diverse. You're like a, that kitchen knife set from, uh, what was that, that company called back in the days? Yeah, or all the Ginsu. The Ginsu. You like Ginsu. You can talk about every sport. I mean, like, you flawless. You my dude, and I love you so much. But, but let me tell you, the last thing I'm going to say is this. The last thing I'm going to talk about, and this is something I've been super critical of, and you just spoke about it. It's Albright, it's Salah, and it's LaFleur. And guess what? All three components were working in unison today. Not only was Tyler doing a little bit less cheerleading, which I appreciate, you know, uh, like you said, his stamp was all over the defensive, uh, what do you call it, plans, outlines of what needed to be done with this game. Albrecht did what he needed to do. They're both doing a lot better because they have better talent. Let's call it what it is. But now with LaFleur, I'm going to give him these roses. Who cares? I'm going to sign off. You know what the best thing he did is? They got the quarterback to play a game that was going to work to complement the defense. His drops were three-step, get rid of the ball, and he still is like a one-receiver guy. You know what I'm saying? Either it's going to be Wilson or it's going to be the tight end. I feel bad for Elijah Moore, and I feel happy for Denzel Mims. But guess what? This is like you said. DOC is the formula, baby. Mm-hmm. This is what they did with Sanchez. This is what you need to do. You got a chance to not just get to the playoffs. You got a chance to win a playoff game with this pass rush and this secondary. Let's freaking go. Woo! Wow, Buddha. Buddha's fired up. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Yeah, I tell you, it's very simple. Okay? It's very simple. You see it. You see, because the running game takes pressure off your quarterback. And that's how, you know, LaGreca asked the question last week on the K-Show, how tough is it to develop a quarterback and win games? And this is kind of the way you do it. With your tough defense, you don't put your defense is going to keep you in games. All you have to do, make a couple of plays for your quarterback, run the football, be more creative with how you run the football. You can throw it to your running back. You can do some different things. And that's how you're able to win games, okay, and develop your quarterback. That's how you do it. 1-800-919-3776. we take more of your phone calls next. That's The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Rams over the Buccaneers 13-6 as they approach the start of the fourth. Let's approach the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Stretch is in Yonkers. Stretch, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. How are you? Can you hear me well? I hear you great, Stretch. What's happening? Awesome. Fantastic. We've spoken before. I know you're a big Knicks fan. I, you know, I listen to ESPN all day. I don't even listen to like hot 97 or anything like it's ESPN all day from great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I love you all guys. And uh, so I really, I know you're touching on the jets right now. So I want to like really just get on that. Like I'm a 20 year guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my question, you, cause I, my, I really want your insight. It's a, it's a question I have to, I just want to preface the question is, so the Jets, like, we're, like, halfway through the season right now. Yes. Like, my question to you is, do you see any kind of correlation between what's happening with the Jets 
and where the Mets were. Like, I know, like, how I'm not even going to talk about baseball. I'm a Yankees fan, but I'm not even going to talk about baseball right now. <laughs> but, like, do you see, <laughs> do you see like, because, like, with the Mets right now, like, there's, like, a glimmer of hope. Like, can you feel that as a Mets fan? I know you're a Mets fan. Can, can you feel that? Yeah, you do. Um, and, and, you know, the fact that they just re-signed, uh, you know, Edwin Diaz for a hefty amount of money, over $100 million, but for five years makes, so, you, makes so my- you even more, you know, confident. And it's change of ownership. It's a new manager. It, it's it's a willingness right. to get so some talent So my question really, well, I don't mean to cut you off, really, because I really like go ahead to the question is cannot is there a correlation between what i see because i really see like it's been from joe douglas to you know to sala and everything because i got my 20 year man it's hard to sell me on this right Mm -hmm. and i kept saying he's collecting these receipts he's collecting these receipts and i was talking that ish before like you know if he gets buffalo all right i might have to turn my receipt in you know like you know and i mean he's he Buffalo, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I want a little bit more comfort before I turn in this receipt. Like, is there actually can like I'm a 20 year man? Can I like actually feel a glimmer of hope? I want uh, I lo- um want to hear your answer. Thank you so much for your time. All right, Stretch. Thanks for the phone call. Yes, um, there was a producer slash songwriter slash all everything for the Michael K show, and they mentioned him as a matter of fact. He was one of the interviews they had celebrating their 20 years on the air. And he's Joey Salvia. And uh, Joey Salvia wrote a song to Don LaGreca saying, yes, it's okay to love again. You can love your team again. And so, Stretch, I'm going to say this to you. Yes, it's okay to love your Jet team again. Even if they just, just by the way the defense plays. I think you should be in love with your defense right now. Maybe you're not sure about Zach Wilson. Maybe you're not sure about the offensive line and how the lines play. I mean, we talk about the running game and the offensive line. This is a this is a patchwork offensive line. There's not a, there's what there's one starter on this line from the beginning of the season. One starter left, and look what they've been able look what they've been able to do over the past couple of weeks. They've settled things down. So I mean, stretch just the way your defense has played should be enough to allow you to feel like you can love this team again because great defenses keep you in games. You're never out of a game when you have a great defense, and that's what the Jets have right now. And if you don't believe it, look at the stats today of what they did with one of the most potent, high-flying offenses in the National Football League. They and Kansas City have... Rule-changing offenses. So when the playoffs are not, now everybody has a chance to get the ball in the playoffs now because of these two teams and what they did offensively in the postseason last year. Okay? So for your team to hold that offense to 17 points and no passing touchdowns from Josh Allen, you can fall in love with that offense. And you can fall in love with that defense, my friend. You can't. Dan's on the island. Dan, you're next on 98.7. Hey, this is Dan. What's up, Dan? Hey, listen. Um, I don't typically listen to the show. I just Why happen not? to be in the city. Well, because I can't get 98.7 where I live. I'm out on Long Island, and the signals don't come in, which is unfortunate. But oh, I was but able but to Dan, listen today. Dan, Dan, hold on one second. I'll let you finish. Get the app. You download the app, then you can hear us all the time. 
download the ESPN New York app. All right, go ahead. What's your thoughts? So, so I, I, I've been listening for a while, and I had to call in because everything that you said is absolutely true. I'm a 50-year man. The guy before me is a 20-year man. I'm a 50-year man. I've been watching the Jets literally my whole life. And for the majority of that time, with some exceptions, you expect them in the fourth quarter to do something, whatever it is. It could be a rough in the passer. It could be, you know, a miscommunication in the defense. It could be a, a, a fumble or an interception. You ex- Historically, you expect them to lay down and mess up. And Joe Douglas said this during the week. Um, I don't know if you were listening to that interview. He said, in the NFL, teams don't win games. Teams lose games. And, you know, I was a little worried when Zach Wilson, you know, had that that fumble. But I got to tell you, outside of that one play, the Jets did everything right today, and Buffalo didn't, and Buffalo lost. And if they can keep that level of discipline, I mean, the roughing the passer penalties, Franklin Myers, a couple of games, you know, you want to tear your hair out. But if they can get that discipline going and, you know, manage a game and not make the mistakes that they've made in the past, you're absolutely right. This is a playoff team. There's no question about it. The defense is awesome. If they don't mess up, if they don't do something stupid to cost them, you know, points or turn the ball over, they are going to be a playoff team. They're six and three. And as far as I'm and and Buffalo is now six and two. And they beat Buffalo today. This is a playoff team. And I have fifty years of experience to be able to t- tell the difference between a playoff team and an also ran team. This is a playoff team. You're right, Dan. Thanks for the phone call. And part of the reason they are a playoff team, I'm going to say it again, is because of the defense. Do you know how, how – do you know – do you realize how easy it is for the offense? You don't – not easy in this sense. You're not incumbent – you don't have to out, try to outscore people, like put up 300 yards and 28, 30 points a game. Your defense always keeps you in games because they pressure – they do well against the run. They're getting better against the pass. They, Obrick has got the scheme really good for them right now. He relies on the front for, for most of his pressure on the quarterback. And then every once in a while, he'll send on the blitz. It's a great job that they're doing. It's nice. It's The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Play-by-play, of course, by the one and only Bob Wischusen here on 98.7 ESPN, along with Marty Lyons. It's The Drive on 98.7. 1-800-919-3776. That was the big deciding play as the Jets surprised the Buffalo Bills by the score of 20-17. to We're talking about it right now with you on the phones and via Twitter. We'll also be joined by Rich Samini at the bottom of the hour. He'll uh, take us inside that Jet locker room, get some more thoughts, and uh, how this team, some of the changes with this team from a week ago, and uh, what this means going into the bye week, it's going to be interesting to see that, uh, you know, the way this defense is playing and if the quarterback can continue to just play solid football, not turn it over, 
give the defense a chance, give the offense a chance to extend the field, make some plays, you'll be surprised what happens as you get before you know it. You just stack them together, win after win, just stack, keep stacking them together. And then at the end of the season, you find out, especially with the extra playoff spots in the league, you keep playing well, you'll be right in there. Chris is in Queens. Chris, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing, man? Great. What's happening, Chris? The Jets, Jets, big win for the Jets, man. Mm-hmm. Also, that the defense just balled out today. They did, Chris. And, and what you really love about this defense is not they're, they're so physical, and they continue Very to physical. put pressure on the on the court, and they and they do well against the run, which is something they didn't do last year. But and Sauce Gardner, awesome player, man. I love this rookie, man. And uh, Jordan Whitehead, the, the interceptions for both of those guys. Mm-hmm. The defense, like I said, the defense balled out today, though. And I like the way they ran the football today. The running game was on point today. So now Zach, really, he don't have to carry the load. You, do. you just you lean on your, on your defense, you lean on the run. Everything will work out for itself. You're right, Chris. You're absolutely right. Thanks for the phone call. And, you know, listen. The reason why you love the run and I just hear Greg Buttle in his car right now saying, everybody loves the run. Everybody loves the run. You can't run the ball. Score points. Score points. And he's right. But when you're, when you're in the fourth quarter in that scenario, even he will agree to you, that's what you want to do. If you can run the ball and eat up clock and they can't stop you, you keep running the ball. You keep running the ball. As Greg always says, in the red zone, you want to be able to run because you're constricted with passing. And when you have the lead or you're tied and you're trying to make sure that the opposing team, especially with the threat offensively that Buffalo gives you, you want to keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands as much as possible. This is where underrated-wise, this is where, for me, the Jet offense was so big. And listen, the defense was phenomenal, absolutely. But what the Jet offense did was they had a couple of long drives, not just the last one in the fourth quarter, but they had a couple of long drives in this game that, I mean, the third quarter, you hardly saw Buffalo on the field. And that, with them sitting, that meant your defense was resting and being able to make adjustments and do some other things. And so sometimes your offense is a really good defense as well because they were able to have the long drives, and they were able to score on them, either sevens or threes. Now, obviously, you prefer sevens, but you take what you get, okay? You'll take what you get. And in that scenario, it's about scoring the football and not turning it over. Lonnie's in Long Island. What's up, Lonnie? Hey, Larry, how's it going? It's going great, Lonnie. What's happening, my friend? Beautiful. Yeah, I got a couple of things. Um, I want to. Well, I'm going to do the Jets because that's my favorite one. But the first, I want to Knicks. You know, the Knicks. I'm. Uh, you know, I'm happy with they're doing. But the Knicks, I would wish we would have got my man. You know, Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell. The Jets need an A player. They have no A's. They got all B's and C's. We, we need a A player, and that's my problem with my Knicks. Okay. Now, second, right. my Jets. The Jets are playing better ball, the best I've seen them play in years. I tell you, the coach got them playing. I love the rookies. They're playing awesome. I wish my man didn't get hurt. Hall, if Hall yeah. didn't get hurt, we would be saying the Jets are man, oh, man. But those running backs, they step it up, and our quarterback keeps continuing, 
Playing like he's playing, don't force it. I mm-hmm. think the Jets are going to be something special because that defense is playing. It what is. do you think, Larry? It is, Lonnie. I agree with you. Thanks for the phone call. The defense is playing well, and, and that's what we've said, and they've been consistent. And you understood. And listen, you know, everybody's talking about Gardner and Whitehead. DJ Reed's playing very well, too. Don't forget him. DJ Reed, you know, the, the other corner on the other side of Sauce Gardner is playing very well. He really is. So you got to give him some credit. This secondary has come together well. And it's the fact that your front is pushing, uh, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback. And very quietly, uh, you know, your linebacker play has been outstanding as well. All three levels have been really good. Okay, because how many how many times have I sat here, Jet fans, and you've called me about just how frustrating you are about running backs out of the backfield and tight ends running free <laughs> in the middle of the zone, just running free, just having a ball. You don't find that with this defense very rarely. And once again, listen, I'm not sitting here saying that they are the 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 great Ray Lewis Baltimore Ravens defense, nor am I saying they are the 85 Bears defense, okay? But they are a very talented physical defense that does a nice job in pressuring the quarterback, and they don't always need the blitz to pressure their quarterback pressure the quarterback. So that's what you like because it gives you some more options. All right? And you're able to do that because your secondary can hold up under the pressure. It's really nice. By the way, this is the best jet start since 2010. I remember that year. That was a pretty good year for jet fans. 1-800-919-3776. Seattle, a couple of seconds away from winning their game over Arizona. What is going on with Kyler Murray? He has not had this. This Arizona team has not looked good at all. I mean, at all. And Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are trying to uh, get sevens. They've done a nice job getting threes, <laughs> but they need some sevens. A little over four minutes left. They trail the Rams 13-9. We'll continue the conversation with you next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty. On 98.7 ESPN. I'm joined now by my good friend Rich Samini. covers the Jets for ESPN.com and a frequent contributor to us here on 98.7 ESPN. And, of course, he is the man on the flight deck. Has some great interviews and information there on uh, via his podcast that you can hear when you download the ESPN New York app. Rich, how are you? I'm doing great, Larry. Still, uh, still here grinding away at the stadium, but that was some game we saw today. Rich, I thought you deserved to come on after a big win. We always have you on after some tough losses and some confusion and stuff like that. You deserve a win today, Rich. And I got to tell you, uh, and my audience admitted, a lot of us were a lot of us were concerned when we watched the game and we saw what happened to Braden Man on the kickoff. We're like, "Uh uh-oh, it's going to be one of those days. Well, I mean, they fell behind 14-3, to so obviously not a good start for the Jets. And then you're just assuming that, you know, the Bills being the Bills are just going to walk away with this. But give the Jets a lot of credit. You know, they are a tough, resilient team. This was the third time this year that they rallied to win from a double-digit deficit. Now, Larry, let me throw one out at you. You know, they have three wins on this year alone on double-digit deficits. In the previous three seasons, 
They were 3-40 when facing double-digit deficits. They already have three this year. So quite a turnaround, and you saw it come to fruition in the fourth quarter. Uh, just a really tough-minded drive. I think it was 86 yards for the field goal, running 10 out of 11 plays on that drive. Now, Rich, let me ask you this, because you've been around this team a while. Uh, when you have a young team, relatively young team like this, normally the last thing and the toughest thing it is for them to learn is how to close games and put teams away. You gave the stat about come from behind. They seem to they seem to get stronger in the third and fourth quarters, especially the fourth quarter. Yeah, they do. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons that go into that. I, I think, uh, you know, number one, conditioning could be a factor as well. I mean, uh, that defensive line rotation that we've all criticized for, for so long uh, probably helps them in the fourth quarter because the guys are fresher, you know, when they have to rush the passer. And, uh, you know, coaching adjustments for sure is a big reason. And I think Zach Wilson's play in the fourth quarter, you know, except for last week, you know, he hasn't been bad in the fourth quarter. You know, looking at the first four games that he started when they won them all, you know, had a couple of, you know, the game in Pittsburgh was a, a you know, a deficit, a 10-point deficit. So they rallied there. So a lot of different reasons go into it. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is just psychological. I think, like I said, it's a tough-minded team, a resilient team, and you make a great point. Sometimes the hardest thing is to learn is how to win and how to close out games. I mean, a year ago, the Jets lose this game. No question mm-hmm. they lose this game. And, th- and now they have better players. That's prob- I buried the lead there. That's probably the number one reason. It's just they have better players. This secondary is night and day compared, compared to last year's secondary. All right, I'll get to the defense in a second. Let's just finish with the offense. And, and Rich, what, what did we learn about Zach Wilson? As bad as he was last week, was as good as he was this week. And I think he had some help from, you know, Mike LaFleur, who decided to run the football a little bit more than the 15 times he ran it last week. Yeah, I think a combination of factors. One, I think you got to give Zach Wilson credit for some mental toughness. I mean, the guy was under... I mean, really intense scrutiny for the last seven days. I mean, my gosh, I was listening to the uh, you guys last night. I was driving around, listening to Colin, and it, it was like, looks like the guy was done in New York. He couldn't play. They have to draft another quarterback. And you know, granted, last week was a horrendous game that he played, but I think there was a a little bit of an overreaction from the fan base on that. And he comes in and he plays a really smart game today. I think what Mike LaFleur did today that was so impressive, aside from the run-pass ratio being a little more in line, was how quickly they got rid of the ball out of Wilson's hands. I think he was down to like 2.3 seconds today, which was a career high for him just in terms of uh, ball delivery time, whereas coming into today it was like 3.2 seconds, which was the, the most in the league, holding the ball too long. Today he got the ball out quickly and for the most part accurately. Yeah, he did a nice job today. And listen, the, let's talk for a quick second, Rich, about this offensive line. I mean, there's only one starter left on this offensive line. And for them to just dominate the Bills on that last drive in the fourth quarter that ended up in the game-winning field goal, that was impressive. The long drives in this game were very impressive, and they were key because they kept Baltimore's, uh, Buffalo's offense on the sideline. Yeah, and I think this is a big game for Michael Carter. I mean, you know, for weeks he had the, you know, the all the Brees Hall conversation and how great Brees Hall is, and then the Jets go and, you know, Brees Hall gets hurt, you know, which was a huge blow for the team, and then they go out and trade for James Robinson, you know. And so I think Michael Carter, I mean, he didn't say it publicly, so I'm, I'm 
kind of speculating here, but I think he was a little hurt by that. And then, uh, you know, comes in today, scores the touchdown on the six-yard run, had that really big run on the last drive that was key. And so I think you saw a really determined, hard-nosed Michael Carter today. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Rich Samini is my guest, covers the Jets for ESPN.com. Also, commander of the flight deck. You're listening to The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Rich, let's talk about that defense because, for real, that that has been the consistent aspect of this Jet team that has been very, very good all year. You talked about the front four that constantly get rotated. We'll talk about them in a second. But as you mentioned, that secondary is huge. And I was, I really was intrigued to see how Sauce Gardner was going to deal with Stefan Diggs. And after the first double move that he got, uh, you know, twisted around on, he played very well, as did the rest of that secondary. And D.J. Reed's been phenomenal this year. Yeah, Robert Sala said after the game that D.J. Reed's been playing at an all-pro level, and he really did a good job. And it was actually Reed who was on Stephon Diggs most of the time. Uh, Diggs did not catch a pass in the second half, which was rather amazing. He was targeted three times, did not have a reception. Um, I'd have to go and check all the stats and stuff like that, but my gut wants to say that I think it was mostly D.J. Reed on uh, on Diggs, and they had Gardner on the other side. But Gardner comes up with the interception. That was one of the turning points in the game right after the Jets had fumbled. You know, they get the big play by the defense to get it right back, and then they go and score on the Robinson screen pass. So, uh, yeah, their secondary has been just tremendously improved over last year. And even, uh, you know, Jordan Whitehead with an interception today, they get good play out of their nickel, Michael Carter. So it's a good group. It is a good group. Rich, is this – is it me or is it is it the talent or is Ulbricht seemingly a bit more aggressive in his play calling defensively? What are you seeing? Actually, I mean, if you interpret aggressiveness as blitzing, it's just the opposite really. The Jets, I think, only blitzed twice today. And by blitzing, I mean sending more than four rushers. They basically were a four-man rush on practically every down today. And, and the four-man rush got it done. I mean, you know, it was five sacks. Of course, Bryce Huff with the big sack at the end. And, Larry, it's weird because the, I think the turning point in the season, we all remember that Quinn and Williams blow up on the sideline mm. with his position coach during the Cincinnati game in week three. And he was screaming about how, you know, they were doing too much blitzing. He wanted them to just have four-man rushes. And ever since then, I mean, it's, that is the demarcation point. Ever since then, the Jets have been basically a four-man rushing team. They've been blitzing the least amount of times in the league, but they've been getting it done. And I think having that extra guy in pass coverage has been huge. If you can get it done with four, mm-hmm. then that is a huge advantage for the rest of the defense. Well, Rich, now this is an interesting situation because they go into the bye week and, you know, now coming out, Rich, it's got to be a little different for you. Now, you've been covering this team for a while, as I mentioned, but, you know, coming out, you, normally we're kind of talking about what they, you know, who they're going to draft, the, what, <laughs> what we're looking for in the draft coming up. They've got some pretty interesting games coming out and they've got, uh, you know, a, kind of a revenge tour with New England coming back. They've got Miami again with Tua, who's playing very well. They've got uh, Buffalo again, and you can bet that the Bills will mark that date on their calendar. They've got and they've got some For other sure. games. This is uh, this is going to be an interesting an interesting uh, group of games after they come out of this bye week. Yeah, and I can tell you this just from talking to players in the locker room after the game, they're already talking about the New England game. You know, they felt that they just gave it away last week, and 
they felt they played well enough, but they gave it away. Of course, without saying it, we know what happened there, the three interceptions. But So, yeah, a couple of players were asked about New England, and I think Sauce Gardner said, I can't wait. Someone asked D.J. Reed about facing New England, and he gave a big smile, and he said, you know, it's the, it's the perfect way to come off a bye week to face the Patriots. So, yeah, the Jets are – now, look, let's – the Jets were looking for payback in last week's game from the la- the blowout they, they took last year. We saw how that went. So the whole payback angle sometimes get overplayed. But uh, they were definitely talking and thinking about it after this game. Yep, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Rich, it, it's just really it, – it's fascinating to me how – and he didn't make a bunch of big plays, but the one play that Denzel Mims make is that key – first down uh, that allows them to to extend and, and make uh, Buffalo either, use their timeouts, which hurts them as they get the ball back. Talk about from the from the outhouse to the penthouse, this guy has been resilient. Yeah, Denzel hasn't had a lot of catches the last couple, last three games, but the ones he's had, you know, have been important. And none big, I, I tweeted it as soon as he caught that pass. I said that was the biggest catch of Denzel Mims' career. And, you know, obviously there's not a lot of catches there, but I, I give the guy credit. You know, he was in the doghouse for basically almost a year and a half. For whatever reason, this coaching staff did not want to put him on the field. I think they just didn't like his attitude, uh, probably sulking somewhat in practice. And then he, the injury happens three weeks ago to Corey Davis. You know, Corey misses a couple of games. They have to go to Denzel Mims, and all of a sudden his mood brightens. He knows he's got an opportunity. He's capitalizing on it. He had that huge block in the Denver game and uh, comes back this week with that big catch to prolong that drive, which was enormous and a good throw by Zach Wilson there as well. And so you really got to hand it to a guy like Denzel Mims, uh, who's seemingly turned around his fortunes. Yeah, he really has. Uh, this Wilson to Wilson combo is getting kind of, kind of, uh, kind of consistent, Rich, which means that uh, during the bye week, they need to find some other people that Zach Wilson can get <laughs> can get comfortable with as well because soon they're going to take uh, Gary Wilson away from him. Well, you already started to see that in the second half of this game. You know, uh, Garrett had a, had a good first half, and then uh, uh, Buffalo, I'm getting my opponents mixed up, Buffalo started sliding over a safety to his side of the field to, to try to take Wilson away. And uh, yeah, so for sure, that, that is something. I mean, you want to see him spread the ball a little bit more. But, you know, Garrett Wilson's getting open. So, I mean, throw mm-hmm. it to the open guy. The puzzling one is Elijah Moore. Elijah yeah. Moore played 27 snaps today. He was not targeted once. And that's just really weird to me. I mean, even Jeff Smith caught a ball today. And so, I mean, I don't – they're not obviously – ignoring him purposely when he's running routes. I mean, you throw to the open guy, so either he's not getting open or he's way down in the progression and is not one of the first two reads and the ball's not coming to him. But it is one of the more bizarre – it's just really a continuation of a season-long trend, which obviously we know led to his trade request. But, uh, yeah, Elijah Moore, who I think is a a good player, is just Mm -hmm. not contributing right now, and that's a – you know, something we can ponder over the bye week. Well, maybe they'll find something because, you know, they always do the self-scouting during that bye week, Rich. So maybe they'll find a way to get him, uh, you know, get him get him involved in this offense a little bit more because, you know, the, the quick passing game is his specialty. This is this is where you use him. Yeah. I mean, you could easily get him the ball on like a, a quick hitch or, you know, a bubble screen or, or something like that just to get him into the game and get him in the flow. They obviously can do that very easily or give him the ball on a jet sweep, you know, but they don't. 
and it's <laughs> it's almost like it's it, it, are they still punishing him for the trade request? I mean, that would seem excessive at this point, but the guy's out there. He's running routes. He's just not seeing the ball. All right, so let's see, Rich. Now you 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 covered it yesterday. You did your article. You got to do some stuff for the flight deck. I see you're on YouTube with Sal Pal. You did the spot with me. Okay, you can go home now. Actually, I'm not. I'm going to stop in the city tonight. I'm going to be on with my good friend uh, Bruce Beck on uh, okay. channel four tonight on the late. So the uh, workday is continuing. See, the, the Rich Samini tour continues. <laughs> Have fun yeah. with Bruce. So tune, in, tune in tune in tonight on Channel 4, and you can catch me and Bruce talking about the Jets. All right, give Bruce my regards, and have a good have a good show tonight, Rich. Thanks for a couple of minutes. Thanks, Larry. Have a good one. All right, that's it. That's Rich Samini. When we return, we'll get your thoughts, and uh, I'll give you some thoughts on what Rich had to say next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. I'll give you a couple of my thoughts, a couple of takeaways from uh, our just spot with Rich Samini in a second. But first, let's hear from Paul the Mountainside. Paul, you're next on the drive. How are you? Enjoy the show. Thanks, and uh, just being a psych jet fan. But I'd just like to shout out to everybody and say, let's take it a step back and just take it easy here. We should be very thankful for what we're seeing. The progress that this team has done over the past two years has been outstanding. There have been phenomenal moves made from leadership position to draft picks. This, this team is playing like not the same old Jets. I mean, they're they're coming out. You watch the opening kickoff, and you go, oh, my God, same old Jets. They just blew it to New England last week, and we come out and we beat one of the best teams in football. And the entire team is so young. Let's just give everybody, even our coaching staff is young. Let's just be patient, give them time to develop. I can understand expectations being high. It's hard not to. I mean, the way they're playing right now, they're playing just lights out football. And it's enjoyable to watch them again. It's a privilege. And I just think they're going to continually get better. I mean, they're just, they're hitting on all cylinders. They don't give up. They're playing four quarters of football every game, and they're young, and they're just going to get better. And I think we made phenomenal draft picks, and we're in a great position to be future, definite future trouble for every team in the league. I just want to know your thoughts on that. Well, I'll say this, Paul, and thanks for the phone call. You're right. They they have improved tremendously. And I think the most important thing is, and Rich Samini brought it out, And I think it was key with how Robert Sala handled it, which was the blow-up of Quentin Williams on the sideline with one of his coordinators, defensive coordinator, uh, defensive uh, line line coaches. And I think that and the conversation, I believe it was DJ Reed in the same game saying we all need to get on the same page, coaches, players, everybody. We all need to get on the same page. And that could have been really a thing to, to mess up a season in the sense of, okay, we're not talking. We don't know what's going on. It's a young coaching staff. It's young players. We're coming off a loss. It wasn't good. We don't know what's going on. They're not telling us stuff. So it meant that Robert Sala had to sit down with his coaches. This is just speculation, nothing I've heard or, or spoken, to, spoken with, with anybody. But it was a wake-up call for Robert Sala to bring in his line coaches and his coordinators and say, hey, listen, guys, 
Let's make sure, let's button this up. Let's make sure we're all on one accord. Let's listen to these players. They're out there. They know something. They see things. And to take into consideration what the players are saying, not that the players are running, you know, running the team. But there are some things that they see that they're, that they're going against that sometimes you don't see. And so for them to be able to articulate that and for Robert Sala to be in the position where he allows his coaches and on the Michael K show backed Quinnen Williams, that he was right for him to say those things, if that's how he felt, was a major statement. And it, it brought the team closer together. The defense has played much better since then. And I agree with Rich. That is going to be, you can consider that, a turning point specifically for what the defense has been able to do since then. Because the defense has been lights out. They've had some plays, obviously, but they've been consistent. They've been physical. They've played well. Uh, C.J. Mosley has had a Excellent year at the linebacking core. Quincy Williams, Quinn's brother, has been very good. A couple of pickups that the Jets have made have added to them. Quan Alexander has been very good. Nice pickup. So the little things have made adjustments and have added to this team defensively. And to be honest, that's what you expected when Robert Sala was brought here. You expected this defense to be the focal point of this team. You expected this defense to be the identity of this squad. Yeah, you got the second pick in the draft with Zach Wilson, and yeah, you upgraded your receivers, and yes, you you signed two tight ends, which I think is is paid dividends and will pay even more dividends as the season goes on. And yes, you had a, you drafted a home run hitter in Brees Hall, but you also drafted a really good running back last year with Michael Carter, and you're seeing what he's been able to bring to the table. So. Yes, the past two drafts as of right now, and they're all kind of incomplete, but I will say that you have a little, you've, you've, seen, you've seen more return in some of the other draft choices than you've seen in Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson is an incomplete right now. He's still learning. And today was a great day for him. It shows he's taking a step in the right direction. But I think you can say the last two drafts for Joe Douglas have been very good. And you have to give him some credit as well. With all the injuries to this offensive line, for him to put this makeshift to makeshift offensive line together, where Connor McGovern is the only starter at the center spot that's left, all these guys have been hurt. I mean, for them to be able to run the football and for that offensive line to play as well as they have played, considering all the things that you hear from O-linemen about the amount of reps you have, the fact that, you know, you have to be, it's like the fist. Each one is a finger and together we're a fist. We have to think together. We have to move together. We have to speak together. We have to know what everyone's doing. The chemistry between the, from tackle to tackle is important. And so for them to be able to exist the way they have and to play consistently the way they have, it's been a testament to the Jet coaching staff. They've done a nice job here. And so now 
during the bye week, you get a chance to take a breather. You get a chance for some of these guys to get closer in coming back. And if anything, you have a lot of depth. If they should get hurt again, you've got guys who have played, who know what the scheme is, who are, who are out there, who are ready to go. It's a nice situation to be in if you're the Jets. And so right now you just hope that nothing happens during the bye week that, you know, takes to, you know, takes your mind any off the field situations. And I'm sure that's what uh that's what Robert Sala will be preaching tomorrow before he tells them, enjoy the week, be safe, and stay out of trouble. We'll continue the conversation on the drive next on 987 ESPN. You're listening to the drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.